Thank you, Brother William. Isn't it great to have Brother William join in with us? God keeps blessing us. He keeps blessing us more and more. That's who he is. Hallelujah. What a good God we serve. I'm just going to read a scripture to you. The Lord just uh, gave it to me. And and, uh, as I was praying in the spirit, the Lord said, I want you to read this over my people. He says, uh, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague or disaster come near your dwelling. Anybody going to claim that right now? Not a disaster is not even going to come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall hold you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. We want to just take the word of God. God gives it to us. And we, he says, no evil shall come us our way. No disaster shall even come near our dwelling. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we just obey your word. We take it. We speak it. We believe it. We receive the promises of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. God bless you tonight for being here. I just joined Pastor Radika and say thank you. Thank you so much. My goodness, you could have done 100,000 things. Well, maybe not that many uh, this evening, but you chose to come and be a part of Christian Embassy and make history for the kingdom of God. I thank you for that. You bless me because let me tell you what, I, I preached to some empty chairs before and it was no fun. And having your smiling faces out there to receive the word <clears throat> makes a big, big difference in this preacher's life. And I just thank you for that. We are so excited about this month as uh, we are coming up on, uh, I think it's the 29th, it'll be Rosh Hashanah, as uh, we enter into the new year uh, that God sets up in the Bible as his new civil year. And uh, so we are excited about, as God's calendar is moving forward, it would be something like we do on January 1, as uh, we have our New Year's Eve uh, celebration and then New Year's Day. Uh, in God's calendar, that is Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, and that's coming up Jan- uh, this September the 29th, I think it is, at sunset. So <coughs> we are uh, preparing for that. We're entering into these fall feasts, and as we're preparing for these fall feasts that God has set up for us, we know that God said these are feasts unto Him, and uh, these are uh, some of, uh, all of them are telling us the history as well as uh, prophetically giving us what is yet to come. We know the four spring feasts have been fulfilled uh, even in from Passover, uh, actually uh, from Passover to the unleavened bread uh, to the first fruits and then Jesus being resurrected. Hallelujah. And then Pentecost, praise God for Pentecost, which ushered us into our church age. And now the church age continues and the, four, uh, the three fall feasts are yet prophetically to be fulfilled. And we know the Feast of Trumpets. We know that that is significant. Uh, really, as we understand even uh, the rapture of the church and eschatology and the plans of God, uh, what is yet to come, how exciting it is. So Rosh Hashanah is a very, very important feast, and we are excited about that as we come to the head of this new year. And as God said, there's some things we need to, uh, I need to speak to your faith because territorial breakthrough is established when there's an atmosphere of faith and an atmosphere of praise and worship and an atmosphere of unity. And I need to speak the word to your faith in the particular area tonight because God says, I've got, I've got greater for you in this area. This, this subject matter we're going to talk about tonight, God says, I've got promotion for you in this, uh, in this subject matter. And I don't know if you want me to tell you about it or just go ahead and just enjoy it all by myself. But if you want, like, would you like to hear about what God has a promotion for you and what subject matter? Amen. Well, I figured you would, and I'm prepared to share it with you and everyone who's tuned in around the world this evening. We're going to be looking at financial freedom God's way. God said, get my people ready so they can handle more finances. My peace says, I'm bringing it to them. This is Rosh Hashanah. This is the head of the year. This is promotion. You're going to the next grade. Just like our kids started the school year, when Caleb finished seventh grade last year, and now, even though it was all in 2019, in May, June, he finished the seventh grade, he went back to school Tuesday, he was promoted because of the new school year to the eighth grade. Townsend was a junior at Regent University, and he went back this, uh, this week, and he's the senior, he's been promoted. 
Morgan was uh, in the ninth grade last year, and she's going back tomorrow, her first day, and she'll be promoted to the 10th grade. So the school year is a time of promotion. The new year is a time for promotion, even in our calendar, but in God's calendar, even more so. So God said, get ready, get ready. You got about three and a half weeks, going on four weeks. It, it, you've got to get your faith in the right place. You've got to get your heart soaring in genuine praise and worship. I just think God bringing Terry McCallman here in this season, God bringing uh, Brother William to us and, and his wonderful wife, Alyssa, uh, how they're going to be adding to our praise and worship starting this coming Sunday, right? Yeah, because this past Sunday was your celebration and appreciation at your church and you're coming on over I'm, I'm holding you to it publicly yes and uh, now that's not just by accident that all of this is happening because God said when you establish an atmosphere of faith atmosphere genuine praise and worship and an atmosphere of unity he said that's where that's you're going to see the supernatural breakthrough and territorial uh, uh, advancement take place so it's time for promotion so God said to me I was praying about this and praying about it, and he said, I want you to get my people ready to handle more money than they've ever handled before in their personal lives. And for those who have businesses and their businesses, that they're going to be dealing with more money. But it's my money, God said. I want them to know how to handle it my way. I don't want a windfall to come in and cause them to, to mess up. I want them to be spiritually ready and knowing what I'm doing. This is about the kingdom. So I want to talk to you tonight about financial freedom God's way. Now, we cannot talk about anything as far as the blessing is concerned and the curse being removed without going to Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. That is, that is such a powerful, powerful portion of Scripture that lets us see with such clarity what Jesus' intent was and what not only His intent was, what He did for us. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That word redeemed, if you remember, means the ransom. It's a, it's a terminology where someone is taking you into hostage and they're holding you for ransom. They have a ransom over your head. And if someone will meet that ransom, pay the ransom, it will redeem you, they will free you, and you can go back into your father's care. So this word redeemed has that uh, uh, connotation to it as you study it in the original Greek. So Christ has redeemed us. He, pay, he, he became the ransom for us, paid the ransom so that the curse could be removed off of us. And if you want to know what the curse of the law is, I mean, you just read the Old Testament, you can see it there, but you get into Deuteronomy 28, and you can see 28, 29 verses straight out of what the curse of the law is, saying that if you break the curse, the enemy has the right to come in and do this and 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 this, and it gets uglier and uglier and uglier and uglier. And here we are, we've all sinned, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're going to break the law, so we're under the curse. The devil's got an open door. He's just going to iron us out, but Jesus steps in. Amen. He steps in and he redeems us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. And he did that not by shedding sinless blood. He did that to uh, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He did that uh, to uh, justify us, but he, to get the curse on him and off of us, I've shared this with you so many times, but we have to hold on to the truth of God's word. He hung on a tree. Because written in the law, it said, curse comes on he who hangs on a tree. So God had it set up that his son Jesus, sinless as he was, could still take the curse off of us by hanging on a tree. That's why he had to be crucified on a tree, not stoned to death and not beaten to death or any other means of death. He had to die on a tree because he was going to get the curse off of you and me so that he could get the blessing of Abraham on us. So that's the whole purpose is to get the blessing on us. Here we're coming up on Rosh Hashanah. We're coming up on the head of the new year in God's calendar. God said, I'm preparing you. I'm, I'm, I'm prompting you. I'm teaching you. I'm challenging you. I'm having this preacher preach the word of God to stir your faith, to get your faith up and working in this area because I have greater for you. This is promotion, a year of promotion. And just as these kids have promoted to their next grade, God says, I want to promote you to a higher level and one of those levels I want to give you more finances than you've been dealing with I want you to handle more finances than you've been dealing with so that's why tonight we're looking at how to have financial freedom God's way 
And in doing that, we have to understand that the finances that God brings to us is through the blessing that he promised and covenanted not only with Abraham, but through Christ has made covenant with you and me. We have a covenant with the king to, that who is going to finance his kingdom, and he wants his kingdom work done as he finances in and through our lives. Hallelujah. Now, so I want us to see some of the blessings that Jesus went to the cross to get on to us. Deuteronomy 28, those first four, four 14 verses kind of give us the, a picture of some of the blessings he was trying, he's trying to get on you. He's trying, he's, I'm taking them, I'm receiving them. I pray you receive them, but this is what he wants on you. If you will listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, and heartily obey all his commandments that I command you today, God, your God, will place on you, he will place you high above all the nations of the world. There's promotion. All these blessings will come on you and will spread out beyond you because you have responded to the voice of God, your God. God's blessing inside the city, God's blessing in the country, God's blessing on your children. As I'm saying this, you're going to say, I receive it, I receive it. Uh, God's blessing on your children, God's blessing on your crops, your young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, talking about your investments and talking about what you're working, God's blessing on your basket and your bread bowl, God's blessing in your coming in, God's blessing on your going out. God will defeat your enemies who attack you. They'll come on the road against you one way and they'll have to run seven ways. God will order a blessing on your investments. He will order a blessing on your barns and the place where you work. He will bless it. He'll bless you in the land that God, your God, uh, is giving to you. God will form you as a people holy to him, just as he promised you, if you keep the commandments of God, your God, and live in the way that he has shown you. And all the peoples of the earth will see you living under the name of God and hold you in respectful awe. That's that territorial breakthrough I've been preaching about, how we are become light and salt in a city set upon a hill. The whole world will begin to see the, the, the majesty and the miracles and the blessing and the favor of God on you in such a way it lifts you and they want to come and they want to know how can you live with such peace? How can you live with such blessings? How? How? And you just tell them how. And you introduce him to the king of the kingdom. God will lavish you with good things, children from your womb, offspring from your animals, and crops from your land, the land that God promised your ancestors that he would give you. God will throw open the doors. Didn't say he would crack it. Didn't say he would just open. He would throw it open. He would throw open the doors of his sky vaults and pour rain on your land on schedule and bless the work you take in hand. You will lend to many nations, but you yourself won't have to take out a loan. God will make you the head and not the tail. You'll always be the top dog. That's the message, uh, you know, paraphrase of that. I like that. You will be the top dog, never the bottom dog. As you obediently listen to and diligently keep the commands of God your God and I, that I'm commanding you today. Don't swerve an inch to the right or to the left from the words that I command you. That's why pastors always say we've got to stay word central. We've got to keep the word as our, that, that plumb line that we build our lives by. Because if we swerve one inch to the left or one inch to the right, we get off course. So don't swerve an inch to the right or the left from the words that I command you today by going off following and worshiping other gods. My, 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 that's the blessings that Jesus hung on the cross to get the curse off of you so that he could get the blessings on you. And you say, well, I'm not deserving. In, in and of yourself, you are not. But the good news is Jesus also redeemed us from all unrighteousness. Look at 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. For you know that the, the grace of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich. That it was his amazing grace that said, I'm going to deem you righteous and I'm going to bring this to you. He says, I'm going to take the curse of poverty off of you and bring the blessing of divine prosperity 
on you for my name's sake. Hallelujah. And that word rich there means to have an abundance, to have an overflow, to be influent in resources so that you can not only meet all of your needs and not only leave an inheritance for your children and your children's children, but there's an abundance of blessing even to meet the needs of others. That's what God wants to do in kingdom work in and through the little kings, little K kings. He is the king of kings. You are a king. You are a royal priesthood. And part of that royalty, you are now uh, deemed by by God, not just an ambassador, but you are a king, and he wants to expand his kingdom through us as he is the king of kings, and in doing that, he wants to entrust finances. I said, we're moving up on this head of the new year, this month, we're coming up on Rosh Hashanah, and the Lord's been prompting me to help you get ready, get ready because just as our children promoted to the next grade in this school year, he has promotion for you in finances, the other areas, but in finances, he's saying, this is the time. Between now and September 29th and 30th, he says, I'm wanting you to get in position because I am birthing, I am birthing a new level for you if you will hear my word, heed my word, receive my word, and stand on it. He says, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. I don't know about you, but I'm so excited to know that God wants to entrust you and he wants to entrust me and us with more for his kingdom purposes. That means there are, there are souls that are going to be saved. There's lives that are going to be changed. There's lives that are going to be impacted even in a greater measure because of what God's going to do in us so that he can do it through us for his glory. Hallelujah. So I want us to look at having a financial freedom God's way because you know what? Satan knows how to mess up the plan of God. That's what he's been doing for 6,000 years. Even before that, when he was in heaven, he wants to undermine and he wants to destroy the plan of God. Even in heaven, a perfect heaven, he causes a, a ruckus and he causes strife and he causes division and he and a third of the angels are cast out. Let me tell you what, he's not giving up on that and he wants to stir up division and stir up turmoil and stir up uh, uh, his, his strategies against the plan of God and against the peace of God so that he, if he's going to fall, he, if, if he's going to live in a fallen state, he wants you to fall. But I'm here to tell you, God wants to lift you up. God, Jesus was lifted up on the cross so that he could take us who were down in the muck and the mire and lift us up and set us up on a rock. Amen. And that he could give us that life that he wants for us. So I want us to look tonight as we prepare for Rosh Hashanah, these next, I mean, September 29th, right around the corner. And I want us to be physically and spiritually ready, mentally ready, and, and in the proper position for this promotion for that next level of finances that God wants to entrust in your life. So here's how you have financial freedom. And, uh, and, and I just hear it in the spirit. It's time for the body of Christ to have real financial freedom and real peace in this area. And the unfortunate thing is too many do not because they're still bound. Uh, Haggai 1 and 6 is an accurate description of some of the financial frustration you see among the children of God. The Bible says there that you have sown much and you bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you're never filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but you're never warm. Uh, he who earns his wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes in it. I don't know if any of you can identify with this. Let me tell you, the enemy's fighting us in our finances. He's fighting us. And uh, he wants you to, he don't mind you sowing and sowing and sowing as long as you're reaping little because he knows eventually you get discouraged. See, you, you can't just sow, you can't just scatter. You got to prepare the soil. Jesus taught us how the kingdom works and the seed that went in the good soil gave good results, amen? So just sowing is not uh, in itself. And we know that God teaches us that we must sow by faith. And when we sow, then we have to watch over what we have sown with the words that we speak and continue in faith. So if you've been sowing and, and reaping little and, and you're eating and never seeming to be filled and drinking and never seeming you have your thirst quenched and you got clothes and shelter, but you're still miserable, you earn your wages, you put them in a bag and it's, though it's got a hole in it, that is not the plan of God. Satan is at work and it's time for you to identify him rebuke and resist him and then close the door 
and make sure that dog don't come back. Amen. So we're going to look at uh, lining ourselves up with some simple steps that we get from God's Word so that we can experience the financial blessing and freedom that God has for us because there's probably uh, very few pressure or points or contention uh, in our life like unlike financial pressure brings to us. And uh, finances, we find trouble with finances is, is right there among the top three that causes divorce, marriages to fall apart, business partnerships to break up, friendships to be destroyed. Boy, Satan knows how to use money because he knows if he can get you on the wrong track that it can cause destruction, but God wants you on the right track so that it can call, cause kingdom advancement. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, poverty and lack is not God's plan for your life. And it simply means not having enough. You can, and I've seen people have abundance in one area of their life, but they uh, you know, may not be experiencing the abundance of God's blessing in their finances. I mean, they may have abundance of good health, but they are worrying themselves sick, uh, and, and in the future is going to be sick because they're struggling in their finances. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, that's another one of those scriptures that you hear a hundred thousand times, but we need to hold on to it. That the thief, he does not come but except to steal, kill, and destroy. But the good news is, and we're looking to you tonight, Jesus, you've come to give life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. So God wants abundance in your life. His very name, El Shaddai, he is a God of more than enough. He is a God of great abundance. The world we live in has... Face shortages. I'm telling you, companies you may work for have face shortages. I've seen savings accounts face shortages. Checkbooks have shortages. But God never has a shortage. Never, never. It doesn't matter what the economies of the world are going through. God never has a shortage. And when we learn to tap into by faith and live by faith in the economy of God, you're not, going to, you're not going to see the shortage that the world has. You, you can sow in the year of famine and reap. You can reap a hundredfold in that same year of famine as God gave us men of old who have proven it even before having such a great covenant like we have, which is so activated by faith in such an amazing way. David said, I was young and, and now am now old, yet I have never, never, somebody say that with me, never, never have I seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Praise God. Psalms 37 and 25 gives us that promise. And let me tell you what, his righteous will never have to beg for bread. And you say, well, I'm not righteous. Yes, you are. Stop talking like that. If you've called on the name of Jesus and you've accepted the, uh, the plan and work that He has done on Calvary for you, hanging on that tree to get the curse off of you, to get the blessing on you, shedding His sinless blood to pay off your sinful account, and you, find your, you can find that you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what He said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. In Christ, we now become the righteousness of God. So you're not a beggar. You were created in Christ, come on now, not to live in lack, but to live in the abundance that God provides for His sons and daughters, for His ambassadors, and for the little K kings and the little L lords, as He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Let me tell you what, it's time for us to rise up and to, by faith and maturity and godly wisdom, move into that next level that God has for us. And I'm telling you, he's prepping us. He's prepping us. Rosh Hashanah, this new year is coming in just days ahead. And he says, I need you to get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. So I want to share with you uh, no shortcuts. Let me tell you why. Because really, truly, you don't need a shortcut. You just need God's cut. Okay? We do it God's way. It's going to work every time. 
So we want to just look at some very practical things in God's Word and how to set our affairs in a godly direction so that the Spirit of God can come upon the Word and, and the will that we've set it up in God's way and take it to the next level. So I want us to, you know, uh, in Haggai 1 and 5, uh, we don't want to go there. We don't want money bags with holes in it. We don't want uh, all of that thing, all those things that he had said there. But he tells them in verse 5 of Haggai, uh, he says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord, consider your ways. Consider your ways. You're sowing and not anything's coming back. You're always hungry. You're always thirsty. You've got a house. You've got clothes, but you're always cold. Your needs are never met. You just, it, your money bag has holes in it. He says in verse 5, consider your ways. And then when God wants to make a point, we find that he does what he's taught us to do. He repeats himself. And in verse 7, he goes back to it and he says, consider your ways. Consider your ways. So he wants us to consider what we're doing in this covenant that we have with him as we go forward. And we know that we have to, with the covenant we have in Christ, we have to put the king and the kingdom first. And now what Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 33, but seek first the kingdom of God, his way of doing things, and his righteousness, and all the stuff will be added unto you. So here's some simple steps for us to position ourselves to see this promotion that God has for us in the financial side of his plan for our lives. So steps to financial freedom. The first one is sowing in good soil. Sowing, but not just scattering, not just throwing it out there anywhere, but sowing in good soil. Giving and sowing our seed is definitely one of the first things that God has called us to do because it is a faith act. You, you, when you sow, and I grew up on a farm, and let me tell you what, unless you knew that what that seed had inherited within it, unless you understood, uh, you know, that, that and had seen it from the experiences of your own life or heard it through the words of the experiences of those before you, you would never imagine that that big, stalk, tall stalk of corn could come out of that little old kernel. You would never imagine that those big old watermelons could grow from those little tiny seeds. You would never imagine that you would get so many hills of okra and so much okra from that little tiny seed that you would plant into the ground. But if you had faith to believe that God had created that seed with a DNA that it had to reproduce after itself and it not only reproduced but be multiplied factor, if you understand the DNA, you understand the creative order of God, then you participate with what God has done and our participation with what God has done can bring forth not only enough for us. I'm telling you, we grew on the Lambert farm. There's no telling how many hundreds of even thousands of people's lives were affected by what we grew on Lambert farm. And it was more than we could have ever eaten. It was more than we could can or freeze or, or put under the house and try to keep it cool and last longer. It was abundance. But that's we didn't plant the abundance. It multiplies in the process of God. And understanding that, we would get out there and we would break ground and we would, we would work the field. We would prepare the soil. We made sure the soil was ready. It could not be overgrown with weeds. It could not uh, be uh, too acidic. It could not be too flat. It could not be uh, set up so that it could not be irrigated. We worked the soil. And there was so much effort went into it before we ever saw any uh, produce. There was so much sweat equity that went into it, but we knew we were partnering with the plan of God. And as we partnered with the plan of God, the, 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 the combiners would have to have trailer after trailer to take the overflow of what was coming in. And even though a small part of that went out in seed, now it's coming back in trailer loads, trailer loads that would fill carts on the train track and boxcars be filled with it going to other places. I'm here to tell you that is how it is with your finances as well. You have to understand that the very nature and character and the structure of how God has built things is that, that there is His part that is provided for us and all the miracle working stuff is in what He's provided, 
but it takes some faith coming alongside and working. Faith that without works is dead, but faith that works is alive. You've got to work what that is. So sowing in good soil, is, you, you, you will find that God, who is a giver, who put in everything that He created the ability to give back, you look at any seed, you look at any animal, you look at anything, it reproduces so that that is the very nature of God. God is such a giver. I mean, He gave His Son and He's received billions and billions back in His harvest. Amen? And, and, and uh, His Son was like a seed planted into the ground as well. But we know on the third day that seed came back up out of the ground. Hallelujah. And continues even this day, I'm counting myself as one of the uh, joint heirs with Jesus Christ one of the sons of God. And you join in as well. So sowing is so very important. So as God is preparing us for Rosh Hashanah, for promotion in what He is calling us uh, to uh, and instructing us in how to be prepared to handle the even greater finances that He's bringing into our individual lives, into our families' lives, into our businesses' lives, even into this church life. We need to be ready. We need to be ready because we, we, we're sowing into that. And even as the harvest starts coming in, you never devour all of your harvest. You use, you use that some of that for seed to keep sowing so that you can have a perpetual harvest that God has for us. So steps to financial freedom is sowing into good soil. And the second thing is you got to watch your spending. You got budgeting, some would call it, you know. You got to be careful not to over-spiritualize your financial situation and realize there are some natural steps that we have to take for financial success in our lives. And the key, the key here is to simply budget. What you're regularly spending needs to be less than what you are taking in. If you're spending more than you're taking in, you're never going to be in the position. What if God tells you, he says, you know what? Uh, Sister Damaris is going to uh, Dominican Republic. Uh, I, I'm, I want you to give her a thousand dollar gift for that. And uh, you're like, but God, I'm, my goodness, I, I just borrowed from pay Peter to pay Paul and John to pay Tom and Tom to pay Ralph and Ralph to pay Sally Mae and Sally Mae. I mean, I, I got this thing floating over here, Lord, $1,000. That would mess everything up. I, I can't even keep what I've got going much longer. But so that's where you have not prepared. You've not been a person of faith to say, you know what, I need to get myself in the position that whatever God tells me to do, I can do it. Whatever God said, wherever God sends me. If he, maybe he wants to send me on a short-term mission trip and, uh, and, and I'll be willing to go. So, so budgeting is very, very important. You, would you will find that you need, you need, your flesh needs less than it screams for. Come on now. Your flesh does not need everything that it wants. You ride by Krispy Kreme and that red light hot now is on, that's not a sign from God for you to get a dozen of hot donuts, okay? Because your flesh says that would be really good. I'm telling you, I love Krispy Kreme donuts. That's why I use that analogy because the, the few times I've been to Krispy Kreme over the past five years are so small in number that I'm, I can't hardly even remember because I tell my flesh, shut up. And, the, and it says, but the sign is on. That's a sign from God. I says, shut up, you know, shut up. You're not going to play that one with me. So we just got to learn budgeting is very important and we don't need to give our flesh everything it needs. Even if it's something not going to hurt you, you still don't need to give your flesh everything it wants because if you train it that it can have anything it wants when it wants, it'll never, wanna, it'll never have enough. It'll always want more. It'll always want more. So we have to set boundaries even there. It's called discipline. If you're going to be a disciple, it's a very important thing. So you need to understand in budgeting, it's, it's better to pay now and play later rather than play now and pay later. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because when you pay now, play now and pay later, paying later is always greater. It'll cost you more. It'll always cost you more. So some people, they play now and then they say, well, I'll just pray later. But without wisdom, let me tell you what, you're going to find out you're not in the middle of God's plan for your life. And credit cards used incorrectly are a perfect example of this. Please don't walk out on me and please don't owe me or oh my. This is practical, but it's preparing us for what God wants to entrust in our lives even more. See, when you use credit cards incorrectly, I'm not saying don't use them, but if you use them incorrectly, you'll always end up paying more 
uh, for whatever it is you purchase than what that, the value of that thing even was. And when I say use them incorrectly, I mean, we learned years ago that we could, we're probably the credit card's greatest enemy because we're like, we're going to pay it off every month. We're not going to buy anything that we don't need. Uh, that we're not just, this isn't just free money. And we're going to have a card system that our, uh, Pastor Radika's family, they all, they're my family too, but her side of the family, they all live on the West Coast. There's five of us having to fly to Portland every year to see the family at least once a year. And uh, so, you know, we need one with air miles and we're going we're gonna to let them pay us. So, so we, we, we buy our groceries, we buy our gas, we buy on our credit card, we pay it off at the end of the month. We do not pay interest on it. And then every year, the five of us get to fly for free with those air miles uh, and they never made any interest off. Now they know statistically more people are going to be paying the interest than not. That's why they offer these benefits. And fortunately, they've not flagged us yet and told us, like Dave Ramsey says, cut up your credit card. Okay. And uh, so we just, we've for years and years been, been, been doing that. And, and we look at it as what a great advantage, but that's using it in a correct way. But let me tell you what, you have to discipline yourself because if you've under the old mindset and you got a credit card, for some reason or other, it's like, that's not money. I don't know how the devil fools us. That's not money or I'll, I'll have it later. I'm a man of faith. I'll, I'll buy this thing I can't afford right now in 30 days. I'll have the money. And then when I don't, then what's going to happen? Well, then there's that high interest you're going to be paying. You'll be paying more than, than not. So I'd encourage you to set boundaries for yourself. And uh, if you have trouble with credit cards and you're still you know, really not disciplined, cut them up. Maybe keep one in your car for an emergency use only. And a new dress is not, that doesn't qualify for emergency. Okay. Or a new pair of tennis shoes, guys, that doesn't qualify for an emergency. Jesus said that the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. There is a poverty spirit that wants to press down and hold back the people of God. And Jesus says, I've got good news. The anointing that lifts the burden and destroys the yoke wants to lift the burden that the spirit of poverty has brought onto you and the spirit of lack has brought on you and wants to destroy its yoke off of your life. Hallelujah. It's good news. Praise God. And then he also talks about in that same uh, portion of Scripture about the favor of God coming on us. This was the year of Jubilee, he said. Uh, uh, so that, that, that means a favor that where your debts are canceled, hallelujah, and eliminated. So God wants to raise you up to a place where you are not under the thumb of finances. Now, so many people quote the scripture where it says it's easier for a, a rich man to go through the eye of the needle than to go into heaven. And uh, it's impossible other places, it says, for a rich man to go into heaven. And they want to use that to say that Christians should never, if, if anything comes, you should throw it away, throw it away. Don't become rich. And that's not what the scripture says. If you read it in its context... For he who trusts in his riches, he cannot go to heaven. You can't buy your way to heaven. And if you put your faith in your riches, your riches cannot save you. Amen. You cannot save you. So whether, and I've seen a lot of uh, even poor people that live in so much fear over finances and, and dependence on, on, on finances coming in to be their bread that they would eat, that that's more their focus than God is. So it's not the, the number that's in your bank account. It's where your heart and dependence is. Now, our dependence is to be on the Lord. And if we're prepared properly, he can trust us then with maybe for you millions, okay, so that now he knows the millions won't have you, right? But you'll use the millions to be a blessing to your children, your children's children, uh, and to be a blessing to those that are in need and to be a blessing in kingdom advancement. Hallelujah. So he needs to finance his kingdom and he wants to do it through his children. But we have to understand that the money is not to have us, that we're just stewards over this money belongs to God. I believe that's one of the reasons he set tithing up and uh, first fruit offerings so that it keeps, we keep reminding ourselves that this, everything belongs to the Lord. And I'm going to honor the Lord with this first, uh, this increase. I'm going to honor him this, with this 10%. So we must understand budgeting. The third thing is, uh, you know, I, we got to understand promotion. 
And that's one of the words the Lord keeps giving me for this Rosh Hashanah. Get, get them prepared for promotion. Get them prepared for promotion. I say, yes, Lord. And then I wake up at 2 in the morning. Get them prepared for promotion. I say, yes, Lord. And then I'm brushing my teeth. And, you know, and I hear, get them prepared for promotion. I say, yes, Lord. And, and then I'm walking through the neighborhood, getting my steps in, and I hear him say, get them prepared for promotion. And I was driving yesterday to a meeting and I was going to meet with someone, pray with someone, and I heard the Lord say, get them prepared for promotion. I said, yes, God, yes. So I'm here tonight to help you get prepared for this promotion that is coming. And one of the things God is bringing promotion in your life, he says, is in finances. You say, well, I don't want it. Well, then it won't be yours. You can just pass it up. You can, according to your faith, be it unto you, okay? But there's some of you say, you know, I've been waiting for this. I, I know, I know. Yes, Lord, you, here am I. Here am I, send me. So promotion is coming. You can get in line for it, or you can say, I want to repeat the grade. Okay, if you want to repeat the grade. I think Caleb came home from school today, and he was telling me there's a kid in his class who's, he's 13, and this kid's 11. He said he skipped the first grade and he skipped the seventh grade. And, uh, and so he's got an 11-year-old in his eighth grade class because this kid was offered promotion and he took it. Well, then there's other kids that, like my uncle, my dad's oldest brother, the joke was, and he's the one that was part of the joke. I mean, he liked telling this. He says, uh, you know, I went to school for you know, 12 years and I graduated to sixth grade and I married my sixth grade teacher, you know. So he doubled every class. He took them each one double and just, and then in the sixth grade, I reckon he was 18 or whatever, and he married his sixth grade teacher. And uh, I don't know if that was true or not. I would ask my aunt and she would just laugh. So I don't know, was she his teacher or not? But that, that was uh, what the, the running joke was. So he didn't take his promotion, but you, and you can pass up on yours. But I'm just here to tell you, God says, Rosh Hashanah, I'm, I'm, this is my time. I'm bringing promotion to the bot, my body. And, and part of that is I need finances. He needs finances to another level in the kingdom. And he wants to bring it through you. Hallelujah. So here's how to get promoted and make it nearly impossible to ever be fired again. And, and, and I believe these are practical things that will help you right where you're working today. Number one, be a servant. Be a servant. If you want promotion and, and, and to be fired proof or fi yeah, fireproof, yeah, I can say it that way, the way you'll never be fired, be a servant. In, in any business, service is the key. And if you'll outdo your competition in service and in cleanliness and in helpfulness, let me tell you what, you will, you'll be hard to get rid of. They'll, let a, they'll do a lot of other cutbacks before they cut you back because they need somebody that will be the hands of service in whatever business you're in. If you want to know how to secure your promotion and never be fired, have a great attitude. Yes, go to work every day as a son of God or a daughter of God with a good attitude. Man, I got one. Let me say it again. Go to work every day with a good attitude. Amen. An attitude of genuine happiness and commitment and positive thinking will always be in great demand. Third, watch your words. Life and death is in your tongue. Okay, blessings and curses is in the power of your tongue. You should use your words to build others up, not to tear them down. You should use your words to create hope in the workplace. You should use your words to create faith and positive goals for, for yourself and for your company that you work for. And then, let's fast negative words. Amen. You want to fast something, fast negative words, and you'll find yourself more healthy than you ever would have imagined. And then, to make sure you're fireproof and, and you're promoted, uh, find promotion, is never complain. Let me tell you what, a spirit of, of, of complaint is just one of the most negative things. Be solution-centered. That doesn't mean there may not be problems, but be solution-centered, not problem-focused. Be solution-focused, amen? So use your words in that way. And then uh, the next one, be diligent, fast and efficient. Some people say, you know what? Uh, I, 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 job security is dragging this thing on forever. That's unbiblical. You say, well, and practically it works that way. Let me tell you what, it's still unbiblical. 
And I say, if you get one inch swerved to the left or the right of God's word, God says, you're going to find out he ain't with you. Because you may be just a little inch turning right now, but the more you walk, the further you get away from him. Right? So don't fudge on this. Be diligent, fast and efficient. Lazy people will always be out of work. Proverbs 10 and 4 says, He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. That's God telling us. Your slackness is going to bring on poverty. Proverbs 20 and 4, The lazy man will not plow because it's winter, but he's going to beg during the harvest and have nothing. So we need to be diligent, fast, and efficient in what we do. And then keep your word. Keep your word. If you say it, do it. Don't tell lies. Every company needs people they can trust. Because when trust is broken, so is your value. It is lost. 1 John 2 and 5, But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him when you keep your word. That's important. Matthew 5 and 37, Jesus said, Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Anything other than that is from the evil one, Jesus said. So we need to keep our word and never lie. And then, lastly on this promotion, is we always should be a mindset to go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. Remember, uh, Abraham sent his servant out, and Eliezer, he's going out, and he said, Lord, I don't want to mess up on this. this I mean, he was sensing that this is, this is part of the divine destiny and DNA of God. That, that seed that was promised is going to go to the, you know, be a blessing to the, the, uh, the nations of the world and all the peoples of the world. He, he's like, God, I don't want to mess this up. I got to get Isaac a bride. I need your help, Lord. And he says, God, whenever I ask for a drink of water, when I get to my destination, whoever offers to water the camels as well, whoever offers to go to extra mile, Lord, I'll know that's from you. I'll know that's from you. And he asked Rebecca for a drink of water. She gave it to him. And then she says, can I also water your camels? And all those camels carrying those millions of dollars of treasures that they were carrying, she never knew she was watering the, her own limousine. She was gassing up the own limousines of all that was going to be hers under her. But that promotion came because she's willing to go the extra mile. Some people will do just enough to get by, and nobody saw it. If they didn't see it, ha, I got by with something. God said, I saw it. I can't give you promotion. I can't give you promotion. I need somebody that's willing to water the camels. Can you imagine how much, how many gallons of water all these thirsty camels could drink? I used to have all the numbers of the seven camels and how much gallons it could be. It just, it, let me tell you what, it was a lot. And here you got jugs that you're carrying up and down the stairs and that well, up and down those rock steps uh, to go down to the water back up. But let me tell you what, she's willing to do it. And God said, promotion, promotion. You were, you were uh, single, you've been praying for a husband, you know, you've been praying for a husband, but because you go the extra mile, I'm not just going to bring you any husband, I'm going to bring you the son of the wealthiest man in the world, the richest man in the world, I'm going to give you his son. Let me tell you what, there's some, there's some single girls today say, you know what, I need to start going the extra mile, you know, you may end up with the richest man in the world's son in that. Always go the extra mile. I remember I shared this principle in one of our uh, Christian Business Network meetings, and, and Justin, I don't see him here tonight, uh, he, he was working for us at the time with the Shepherd's Guide, and, uh, and he said as he heard that, it just came to him, I'm going to start a landscape business, and I'm going to call it Extra Mile Landscaping. And uh, or extra mile lawn care, and uh, so he said, you know, what do you think about it, Pastor? I said, I love the idea, and we helped him get his first truck and his first trailer. And he was just telling us last week about that. He said, you remember you helped us with the first truck and the first trailer? And I said, yep, they weren't pretty, but they did the job, you know. And uh, and now he's just like amazed. He just hired four uh, new uh, guys, two supervisors, and uh, for two more crews and more vehicles, and it just keeps growing and growing and, and another guy was flipping his business and he was going to go to more uh, commercial uh, 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 land moving business and he says I've got all this you know uh, 
hundreds of, of customers. Can I give them to you? So J- Justin's like, uh, Pastor, what? yeah, Pastor, you think I should take them? I said, yes, take them. And uh, he says, well, I, I'm going to have to get some leaders. You know, I said, God will provide. So he's driving down the road and he's going to pick up someone just to help him out. Another person that works in the church, he just, can you, are you free today? I know you work another job, but I, I'm, 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 in, I'm, I'm in need. I need some help. And they're like, yeah, stop, stop on by. And he turns the corner, go into their house. And there's these four guys in these bright yellow shirts sitting out there with their coolers on the side of the road. And he's like, this is odd. So he pulls over and he said, what's up? He said, we work for this landscape company half for years. The guy is a jerk. And he just cursed us out. We run his whole business. We try to do it the best we can, but he's never happy. He's always angry. He's always cursing. And we said, enough is enough. So they said, pull over. And they got out on the side of the road and let him go off on his own. So there they are with their coolers ready to work. Justin's praying, Lord God, help me. I need, I need some crew leaders. And I need some crew leaders that have driver's license because I've got the trucks and I've got the trailers and I've got the contract and I've got the work. I just need some help. And he's like, whoa, what is this? On the side of the road, pulls over in the neighborhood and they tell him the story. He said, get in. And he just had purchased four extra pieces of uh, equipment and got this huge contract that he was so nervous because he needed the work done but now he goes and puts them right to work takes brand new equipment that he just bought the day before by faith puts it in their hands they they know how to do he doesn't have to teach them how to use it they're teaching him how to use it and they go to work better than he said he's ever seen he's like my man god can be involved in your business as well amen amen so he says, I'm going to, I keep my workers because I go the extra mile. I pay them better than landscape businesses pay. I treat them better than landscape bosses treat them. And I'm going to, I'm going to help them and I'm going to be there for them. And I'm going to look out for them when it's the bad, I mean, the, uh, the cold season and there's not much work. I'm going to look out for them then too because I'm extra mile lawn care. Let me tell you why. He took this principle right here and is literally building his life and business and the lives of others who are now dependent upon salaries with him because of it. Let me tell you why. Extra mile is so very important. Amen. So then the next thing is our time is definitely speeding on by here. Steps to financial freedom. You've got to evaluate your savings and investment and make sure you diversify. Diversifying is so important. Uh, Ecclesiastes 11 and 2 says, Invest in seven ventures, yes, even eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. So here God has given us some wisdom from Solomon by the Holy Spirit that you should invest in seven ventures. No, yes, yes, even eight. So eight ventures you should have going. If anybody ever looks at my Facebook page, you'll see that there's a, a, you know, all this waterfalls that are going. And it's the closest picture I can bring in one spot of the vision God gave me years ago. And he says, I, and he showed me this. He says, I go and I evaporate the waters from the ocean and I go up into the mountains and I rain it down and it runs in the streams and the streams run into the creeks and the creeks run into the rivers and the rivers run back into the wealth of the ocean. That's how I want to increase you, Tim. That's how I want to bless you so that you're not dependent on this river and you're not dependent on this stream and you're not dependent on this creek and you're not dependent on, on this flow here he says you're dependent on the God who takes and evaporates and takes it to the high places and brings it into your life and and I said and Pastor Deacon said we need to diversify this scripture right here we need to work on our project is working on at least eight areas so that we have a, a, it may be a trickle here maybe you know we've been to some places in the mountains recently and you're walking and you see a little trickle coming out of the rock uh, but there's other places there was whole uh, waterfall there. And, uh, but it'll, it, you just have to depend, trust on the Lord. But diversi- diversification is so very important. Because if you just got one thing, the temptation is so great for you to begin to elevate and worship that one thing. That's my source. That's my source. And God said anything that comes between him and you is a false God. And he's a jealous God. So we can't do that. We can't serve both God and mammon. So mammon is the dependence on things from, from the, the earth or from the hand of man to be your substance. We have to trust the Lord. 
So God gives the principle of, of diversifying and having streams. So let that be, as God is promoting you and more is coming into your life, it's not for you to put in one, one, all your eggs in one basket. Be open. Need counsel? We'll, we'll talk with you. We can help you. We can tell you what we've done and, and maybe not what the Lord leads you to do, but, but God wants you to be so blessed that you're, you become a greater blessing to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Many streams, rivers, uh, uh, ocean of wealth in your life. Amen? That makes sense? I'm telling you, invest in land. Land ain't going nowhere. Uh, invest in things that are always on demand. People's always going to need to eat. They're always going to need a place to live. They're always going to need a house or an apartment or a building, you know. We always need doctors and lawyers and groceries and so forth. Invest in what people are always going to need. And stay away from the get-rich-quick schemes. Now, you heard that from this pulpit because the Bible says in Proverbs 13 and 11, dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Americans throw away over $100 billion a year on gambling. Can you imagine? And over $25 billion of that is, is thrown away in the lottery. Come on. Over 60% is lost in of those who day trade is lost. There's a, a loss, 60 plus percent loss in day trading. Because I'm here to tell you, the house is stacked against you. And you're thinking, oh, God's going to use it. God's going to use it. Let me tell you what, the devil's going to use it, cause you to lose it. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. And he'll let you win just a little to keep you addicted and get some unhealthy dependence going and an unhealthy addiction so that you keep running back to it. And the worse off people get, the deeper they go into it because they keep thinking that thing is going to give them the windfall they need to pay everything back and make it all. God said, no, little by little will grow and become wealthy. Amen? Because then you are, you're, you're protected from putting your dependence in the money. When it's coming little by little, you're looking at God. He's the one causes it to rain. He's the one that causes this trickle to come in and that, that to come in. And you're being a good steward of it. You're budgeting and uh, because you want to be in the position when promotion comes to even do more and for that God has for you. So Jesus said in Matthew 21, 25, 21, if you're faithful in the little, he says, you will be in charge over much. And then, uh, number five, use all of the gifts that God has given you. So I would say whatever you're doing now, that's great. But part of that diversification is there's talents in you that you may not be using. Maybe you could start a little home business, something you're doing as a hobby and take it into, you know, our kids. My goodness, they've caught this. I just caught it. I'm, Morgan's like, well, Dad, I just made uh, $75, $80. I said, you've not gone anywhere. What have you done? Well, I'm, I'm purging my closet and I'm selling used clothes on this little app here. I said, really? I said, was this for real? I mean, you got the money? So well, Townsend took me and we pulled up, uh, maybe in the church parking lot, I don't know, pulled up the parking lot and handed the package and got the money and drove off. Never met the people. She said, I kind of felt funny. It's like a drug deal. But it was just, but it wasn't. It was selling a t-shirt. But she said, I had big brother with me. I was safe. Okay. I said, girl, you got to teach me how to do that. That may be another stream for me. <laughs> well, but Jesus teaches about the kingdom and the parable of the talents. If you remember Matthew 25, he gives five talents to one and two talents to one and one talent to one. He said, I'm going away. I want you to work with it. And then he comes back and he who had the five talents has, has become an entrepreneur and he's got diversification going and he's doubled it and got uh, 10 talents. And one who had two, he's got now four talents. And the one who had one said, nope. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, and I'm going to hide this thing, and I, I'll at least give you your talent back. I won't lose it. I won't, I won't use it, but I won't lose it. Well, because he didn't use it, he did lose it. Because Jesus said, you're wicked. You're wicked. You'll be cast in the place of gnawing of teeth and eternal damnation. Took that one talent from him and gave it to the one who now had ten. So God says, you were faithful in little. You've shown yourself. I can give you more. I can trust you more. God has said, this is a season of promotion. This is the month. I'm telling you, September is the month of promotion. 
And some of you, and I would say between now and Rosh Hashanah, make sure, make sure you're, you're, you're using the talents. You say, well, I've not had this instruction before. Well, we've got between now and September 29th. Let's, let's get ourselves into motion, get ourselves in the right position so that that promotion can come. Amen. So it's so very important that we do that. And then finally, I want us to, uh, what do I have up there? Financial principles from John the Baptist, which could be a whole other sermon, but I'm just bullet pointing them for you real quick as we're going we're gonna to close now on this. Some very practical bullet points that from uh, Luke 3, 11 through 14, we, and we'll hold that up there. Uh, here's some principles from that. Start every business or every year of your life by giving something away. Get in your mind. I'm, I'm, I'm kingdom-minded. I'm kingdom-minded. John the Baptist was teaching us some of the principles of the kingdom as he, was, as he was announcing the king of kings coming and his kingdom coming. He's given us some of the principles. See verse 11? If you have two coats, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. The principle of giving away, okay? So start every business or every year. Now, this is Rosh Hashanah, so we are coming on the head of the new year. So say, God, show me what, what I need to... There's some, th- some purging, is what I'm saying. There's an overflow of abundance in your life, and there's some things you need to be giving away. Now, don't talk to Morgan, because she'll have you in business selling them all, but, you know, <laughs> you sell some of it, but give, God wants you to give. He wants you to be a blessing, Okay? Number two, never take advantage of a person's misfortune or if they're in a vulnerable situation. See that in verse 12 and 13? Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and they asked, Teacher, what should we do? Show your honesty, he replied. Make sure you collect no more taxes than the Roman government requires of you. Now, tax collectors were known for collecting more and anything they could get above it, they pocketed. But Jesus said, do not take advantage of your position. Do not take advantage of another person's misfortune or their vulnerability. Don't do it. So here we have John the Baptist, I mean, not Jesus, is teaching us that we're not to do this. Third, do not pressure people for a sale or to make a decision out of desperation or financial struggle. Don't force them. Look at verse 14. What should we do, asked some of the soldiers. John replied, don't extort money. Don't pressure people. Don't twist people's arm. Don't make people make decisions out of desperation. Don't do that. Okay? And then number four, never accuse or criticize employers, employees, or your competition. There again, that principle of the tongue. Don't accuse, verse 14, people of things that you know they didn't do. Don't try to put a cloud on someone else to make you look better. Let you and your product shine for itself. You don't have to put other people down. You don't have to put other churches down. You don't have to put other... And I'm a pastor. I don't have to put other pastors down to make me look like a better pastor. If I, if I want to be a better pastor, I need to step it up. Right? I'm not a better pastor because I'm putting somebody else down. I'm a better pastor because I step it up. And I do what God's called me to do. Okay? And then... The final one is this. Be thankful for your wages. You say, oh, I thought the struggle was always to get a raise, a raise. Take these other principles and put them to work. You'll get the raise. Promotion comes from the Lord. Promotion comes from the Lord. Never be ungrateful or bitter about your earnings. Look to God as your source, not man. Because when you start looking to man, then let me tell you what, the spirit of Satan will come in. And he says that in verse 14 right there. He says, be content with your pay. Now, is that divinely inspired? I mean, is that from the Bible? Sure is. Be content with your pay. Wow. And as you're thankful for what God is providing for you, knowing that promotion comes from the Lord, it may be that the very supervisor that you were hoping was going to give you the raise, you get their salary because in the promotion of God, puts you in that position. Maybe they get moved to the West Coast or something other and they need somebody in that position. And now instead of a little raise from them, you get their salary, which is a much larger amount because of God's promotion. Just trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Hallelujah. And 1 Corinthians 15 and 57, but, be, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our thanks is to God. Colossians 3.17, I close with this. And whatever you do, 
whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let me tell you what, these are principles that we can put to work. This is financial freedom God's way. Rosh Hashanah, the head of the new year, is right here. September 29th is right here. I mean, weeks away. God said, tell them, Tim, that I want to bring promotion in their life. And one of the areas of promotion, I want to bring it in finances. So I need you to, I need you to teach on it. So I put it together. I worked on it. Holy Spirit's helped me so that we could have that, our faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Our faith is in position now as we're ready for the promotion of the Lord. And maybe we, our faith without works is dead. Maybe we need to go do some things between now and then to make ourselves in position to give birth to the whole nother level. I want to see you go there. I want to see each and every one of you go there. See, with God, His supply is endless. There is no, you can't, I mean, if the whole world tapped into His supply source, you know, it wouldn't even look like the surface was scratched off. If we all pulled on it at the same time, God is El Shaddai. And He's got enough for you and you and you and you and you. He just wants to get it to you. Amen. He wants to get it to you. But you've got to be in the right faith mindset. Territorial breakthrough and promotion comes. Atmosphere of faith. Atmosphere of praise and worship. Atmosphere of unity. Don't let the devil disturb the unity of your brothers and sisters and in your home between your husbands and wives and with your children. Don't come into praise and worship, whether corporately or, 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 or individually, with just a cold, cool heart. This is something we do. No, this is something he deserves. This is all about you, Jesus. This is about you, Jesus. I lift you up with my songs. I lift you up with my hands. I worship you and I praise you. And then that atmosphere of faith. I believe. I believe. God says, I'm bringing promotion to those who believe. I don't know about you. I believe. I believe. And I'm going to put some action to my faith in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. How about let's stand together. Let's celebrate the Lord's goodness right now. Let's just say thank you, Lord, for promotion that's coming from you. Thank you, Lord, for promotion that is coming my way. Lord, show me, help me, get myself in position for your purposes and for your plan and for your will. Father, I thank you now in the name of Jesus that we can go into this night, we can go into the remainder of this week, and we can go in time of preparation, just as they would in the days of old. They would begin that the first of this month, that this time of the year, weeks ahead of, of Rosh Hashanah, they would begin getting ready, preparing, getting ready, getting ready, getting ready. Lord, we're getting ready! Hallelujah! for this great new year of prosperity and blessing that you're, you're promoting us into. Hallelujah. For the advancement of your kingdom. Lord, we just call on you in every area of our lives. Save us, Lord God, spirit, soul, and body as we now go in your joy and in your peace. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, love on somebody.